Another international break, the final one of 2019 has come. So that means we had to jump in on another continental catch up. Uh, we skipped last time. I don't know why. Maybe we, our schedules got busy, but there was an international break in October and we didn't do this. So uh, we thought it was necessary. They kind of came like quickly one after yeah. the other. It's been the like the first week of September, the first week of October, and the first week of yeah, it's November. It's been like back before. to back to back. And nah, I don't like it. I'm glad that we're going to get like a nice four month respite of just. Lots of Premier League footy, t- almost twice a week now. We're going to be coming at us during the uh, holiday periods. Right, yeah. So it's which is awesome. Time. It's a really good time to, to finally get the, the last break out of the way and to, uh, to you know get a, get the Continental catch-up going. I feel like there wasn't too much to talk about in the last one, so maybe that's, like now we're like true. a fourth way through the season. That's not true. Got a little bit more. The first one we did this season was right after the end of the transfer window for the rest of Europe. So we had plenty to talk about in terms of like Icardi's move to PSG and plenty of things surrounding like the biggest teams in Europe, like Bayern Munich and all the transfers they made. So we're going to talk about Europe's top four leagues uh, other than the Premier League, uh, which of course is La Liga in Spain, uh, the German Bundesliga. Uh, and then we'll eventually get around to ton to talk about in Syria and Italy and uh, what we can talk about in France for PSG and the rest of that league. So we'll start in Spain, which of course has... Um, a very damaged-looking table. Yeah, what? this is like a crazy year right now. R- rivaling, I mean, rivaling only Germany, who we'll get to coming up in a bit. But we, we, We've kind of got like a mash of, of, of teams from 1st to 11th place, where Villarreal are in 18 points and Barcelona are in 25. Uh, with 12 games played, Barcelona have already lost three games. Real Madrid have drawn four games. Right. Uh, Atletico Madrid have drawn six games. Yes. And <laughs> everyone looks uh, vulnerable right now. Everyone looks like they're going to be dropping points this year. And it and it looks like, I mean, Sevilla's only one point off of the lead. Uh, Lopetegui's the coach. Um, you've even got uh, Sociedad. Are you trying to steal my shine here? You're trying to steal my shine? No, no, no. no, no, no. I'm not going to like back them. No, Sociedad's my team. They're a point. I was, uh, I'm bringing up the reader here, Alex. Uh, Sociedad, yeah, they're they're two points out of the, off the top of the table. And I and I like a lot of the, the young talent they have. And I think they're going to make a, that push for that fourth spot um, to rival Sevilla, uh, to rival Bilbao, and, and even like Valencia and Villarreal. Who, yeah, Valencia is the big one who I'm – I'm just going to say from uh, what little uh, half an eye that I've had on them since they are in the same group as Chelsea in the Champions League, they're they're still in it for qualifying through that that group. Uh, Ajax, Chelsea, and Valencia are all on seven points, but I'm guessing uh, having to put as much effort into those games as they have had to do to put, have themselves in this position with two games to go has probably detracted from their league campaign because they're currently on 20 points, still five points off like the very top <sighs> of the table. It sucks because if Arsenal win their game. They would be in the position that Valencia are in right now. Thirteen games. Granada, Hetafe. We're not talking about Arsenal. Yeah, but here. like I'm it just I hate looking. And a half I minutes. hate looking at the table and then seeing like that they have twenty points and we have tw- seventeen points after twelve games. And I'm like, what? Fucking Granada and Hetafe are like to be fair. Have as many teams, points as like Arsenal. Granada, didn't they beat? Bar- uh, Barcelona yeah, they did. this season, they so did. you can't. And Hatafe be Real Madrid. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can't say that. We can't say that. But but let's let's keep our focus near the top of the league. I guess. To yeah, start Messi's with. back. Just banging in the goals. He's, I mean, he's second top scorer right now in La Liga. He's got four assists. He's only played five hundred and forty minutes. Is this guy going to win Golden Boot? Uh, having given two months head start to the rest of the of Europe. 
I mean, if that happens, I think I it's like just you like could have predicted at 31. That. I feel like if I offered you like that in a bet, you would probably be like, yeah, okay, I think Leo could do that. But like 31 going on to 32, I don't know. It's just it seems prime. like it seems like so unlikely that that's going to happen. But it, it's it's right now it's happening. His free kicks, the guys. I mean, it's I what mean, can you say about him? What those aren't going away. Yeah, those aren't <laughs> I going away. I can tell away. you right now, those are not going away anytime soon. But what I think is interesting about Barcelona as well is that, that their defensive. Fragility, it's hasn't gone away. It almost seems like it's gotten worse. And there's even though they're top of the table right now, people are calling for for Valverde's head. They're saying, why is this guy still in the job? Def- he was supposed to be there to like give them a good defensive shell. They don't really play that like attacking, expansive style that they did for many many years. They're kind of they they're kind of dull now. They kind of just rely for Messi like create everything. So like if Messi isn't playing or shut down, yeah, they now have Griezmann who can pop up with a few goals, Suarez, but defensively they've they've conceded 15 goals which in in the top well, 6 12 games into the yeah, season 12 they've played games, one fewer game uh, than the rest of the league, them and Real. 12 games in the season they've conceded 15 goals and in the top 6 that's the most of anyone in the top 6. Yeah, that's that seems like uh you know if if this something like this continues they're going to have a lot of trouble. I don't know. I it, well, I, I like what you hit on with uh, Valverde and like the change in style at Barcelona because, like, I I started thinking this like sometime last year. I think it was when they like f- I first realized that away from home in the Champions League was as big of a, a struggle for them as it has eventually like turned out to be. Like, it's undeniable right now. I think they've won one away game uh, yeah, or maybe two away from home away from all home. season. Yeah, and in the Champions League, the knockout rounds. I don't think they've won in the knockout rounds for a couple of years now. So. They've gotten draws and then one at home to go through, um, but it's it's becoming a noticeable problem for them now. And all it's made me realize with them is that taking the stance of trying to shift towards a more defensive style in Messi's like the not the twilight of his career, but coming down to like the end of his prime, so that you minimize his workload, trying to press high up the field and right. And work the coaches really tell him like don't do and, any right. defensive and work and just tell anymore. him to focus on when we get the ball back, just get yourself in half a yard of space because that's all you need, and create some magic in a short uh, amount of space or a small amount of space, and that's obviously far less taxing than making these lung busting runs up and down the field. So uh, it seems like a good idea in, in in principle, but I feel like it's just completely detrimental to like the the identity of Barcelona. Where like if Ajax all of a sudden started playing in, in a much more defensive style, as soon as things went wrong, I'm pretty sure most people's heads would turn to the idea like, oh, maybe this team and like this club and the everything surrounding this isn't meant to be uh, like played this way, right? Like. They bring in Frankie De Jong this summer. I'm trying to think. And he's I'm trying so to think good. Like, you Every time you players. watch him play, you're like, you have this kid is amazing. Just, you're Barcelona. Right. I mean, you don't have to be gung-ho, like super pressing, but you can be more expansive than we've seen so far. And their, their faults, I mean, they still have great players at the back in the right situations, but their faults at the back are when the uh, opponents are able to expose them a, a more amount of times than they would if Barcelona kept possession for most of the game. That control of the game that Pep like instilled there and has instilled a uh, or try, successfully instilled at Bayern Munich and now at City is that's that's a real thing. That's a culture that he's given you and you've kind of like like just shed that. Yeah, like, they, it's they've really gone away too good it. for that. Right. So yeah, I mean, I feel like I, I'm surprised that there's many big managers at big clubs have been sacked so far this season that we'll get onto. I'm surprised that Valverde has lasted this long, and I know it's because they're top of the league, but I'm just telling you if that Real Madrid. El Clasico gets rescheduled to, I don't know, 
uh, mid-December or like early January or something, and it's at a nighttime game, and, and uh, it's at the burn. It's at uh, Camp New, so that that'll be a bonus. But if Real win that. It's it's as simple as that. The Valverde could just be out. Well, that's a, it's a that's great a, segue. I know. A, yeah, it's great like, segue. Like I was Alex, born to do this. Because Real Madrid have like they've looked pretty good this year. Well, let me play out the season so far. They started okay. A little bit slow, right? Fell off a couple a cliff, of draws, a loss. <laughs> fell off a cliff, including a bad loss at PSG in the Champions yeah. League and uh, a draw with Bruges. Was it? Yeah. Uh, in the Champions League, where they were down by two goals, they came back for a little bit. They dropped off again. And now they're back again because they've made some very pivotal. I think uh, I think the, the the big player that's announced himself recently is uh, this, the young Brazilian right winger. Say, I was going to say someone else, but I think uh, it's two. Rodrigo, who yeah. uh, who scored the quickest hat trick in Champions League history, I believe. Really? Um, yeah, wow. he scored uh, in the in their last game. I think it was the Champions League. Yeah, it was a hat trick against Galatasaray in the right. Champions League, six nil. Yeah, and and he scored it like. 12 minutes in. I think he ended up scoring four goals total in the game, right, in the end. Um, no, no, I think he, he had three. Oh, did he only have three? Okay. Yeah. But yeah, but I mean... But he's 18. He's only 18. Yeah, he's super young. Uh, him, Vin- Vinicius Jr. It looks like this Edon. team... Yeah, they, they have... Edon is coming back, Javier. He's getting back in Edon Militao, okay. No, Edon Azar. Oh, Eden. Well, he's irrelevant. No one cares what? about him. No, he's he's getting he's turning it on, Javier. Well, no, we don't need him anymore. We have Benicio. We? Yeah, we? well, Real. Real don't need him. Benicio, they got Rodrigo. Why would you even play Eden at this? Eden's just there to mentor them. I'm telling, be you, like, I'm telling you, hey, Eden is turning it around. Eden came into the season slow, and everyone thought that was weird because it's Real Madrid. But right. He does that every season. He very rarely gets off to a roaring start in a, in a league season. Um, he always comes in a little, little bit overweight. Yeah, he's, little, he's a guy who uh, enjoys lazy. He enjoys life. He's got like five kids. He never wants to be the best player in the world. He's just like, I'm right. a dad. I play soccer for a he's, living. He's his, generation's, he's his generation's Aryan Robin. George Best. <laughs> Drinking George and shitting his Ballon life Dor. away. Right. George Best won Ballon d'Or. Okay. Uh, Probably that, unjustly, though. I didn't want to listen to the Eden Hazard show, but uh, I'm, just, I'm just trying to say he's he's coming around. He was one of the stars in that Galatasaray game, too, but I mean, didn't get like a, as many stats as Rodrigo. But it's significant that Real are... Uh, really starting to turn their form around of late. I think I think the biggest catalyst of that's also been. I mean, not only that they're scoring goals, but their defense. They've right. been defensively I'll very shit, solid. I'll be the first they've one to been, shit on Courtois, uh, but they've shored up the defense, and he's Tito's been fantastic. No he's goals. been uh, he's been. I think he's on close to setting a record right now uh, for Real um, in terms of like Good least time he's conceded for. Yeah, he's a snake. But he after a horrible start that he had. Um, at Real Madrid in his career, I'm glad that he uh, for like a full he's having year. a little bit, yeah, for a whole year. I'm glad that he's having a little bit of a respite and finally getting through some good form. And Real is scoring goals. I mean, they're starting to they're getting their home form again. It looks like their crowd is like kind of getting behind the team and they're getting belief a little bit behind the team again. Which with Zidane might be a scary thing. You know, you never know if this team can get rolling. Um, and yeah, I think because there's so much youth in the team, there's there's a lot of players that they have on loan, um, like. Uh, Kubo, the the Japanese kid, like yeah, uh, Odegaard. To the, to the second division, Odegaard to Sociedad. Yeah, but that, a bunch of these players are performing on their teams that are they're on loan, um, and it's interesting to see because they have a lot of young youth that they're incorporating into the team now in the first team, and they have a lot of players on loan. So it looks like they've kind of taken almost that Barcelona role of having a ton of you know the best youth in the world and. 
they look like to be. It's to, like they Barcelona took Real Madrid's role. Of yeah, signing, of signing the Galacticos out. That's what I was going to say. I mean, it looks like almost they've transitioned to each other, and and it looks like Real Madrid are set up for the next ten years for for a lot of success. And Barcelona maybe in the next you know two or three years they're going to get something with with this Griezmann, uh, you know, Messi, Suarez, Dembele lineup. But uh, I think in a few years this and maybe now this Real Madrid team are, are ready to challenge. The, so. the problem is, are the Madridistas are they? Uh, Patient enough to wait for kids, because obviously, I mean, performances I don't even, like that in the Champions League will. I don't know. Uh, I just chastise you for talking yeah. about Arsenal, but I, I wasn't even sure if Chelsea fans were going to be like patient enough to wait for kids. Like there has to be some level of success for the fans to buy in. So right. If uh, I mean that's all we hear from Rodrigo for the rest of the season, which is I'm not saying it will be, but if it is, uh, there's been plenty of other players who have had. Great introductions to the world, and then maybe dropped off. A little he looks so good, though. He's, I mean, the kid. But, is... To be fair, one thing I noticed about him: a lot of his goals are he almost has the benefit of being like a backside, like distraction, where Marcelo just has a beautifully drifted ball. And you obviously have to be in that position, but it's clear that Galatasaray sure, are thinking of other threats in the Madrid Real Madrid. Team. Don't have it's um, the benefit of Hazard, even though Kareem Benzema is the the top scorer in La Liga right now, having yeah. a great season, yeah. scoring uh, he in the Champions up with League. Left off, where yeah, Bale started well. Scoring in the Champions League, and it, and it looks like you know he had a great season last year for Real Madrid. He's having a great season again this year. I mean, it's, I feel like the guy deserves a France call up. I don't know what the fuck like France well, don't have a striker right now. You, I mean, you know, I know what happened. You but, know, yeah, yeah. But I mean, the guy is never getting called up. Probably, France probably. Ever again. But I was gonna say another Go team Google that's that one, an, a, another team that's waiting for youth and that is uh, one point behind Barcelona and Real Madrid is Atletico Madrid, um, <sighs> and they have six Change wins. Six draws and one loss, which, uh, you know, like Real, only one loss, a lot of draws, um, and also still great defensively, best team in the league defensively, um, along with the actually Atletico Bilbao, um, have only conceded eight goals in 13 games. Uh, do you think that they're going to challenge this Real and Barca team? I kind of think, I I think, think they they're are. a little bit too young. I mean, they, I they, think are, like they are challenging right now. They're a because... bit of a team in transition. They have some older veterans. They have some younger players that they're incorporating, but... I don't know. I, I mean, I know that they're like they're in it right now. It looks like they're in it, but like if you kind of look at the table, you see like Barcelona, Real Madrid. They're going to score way more goals, and they're probably like defensively similar. I mean, they're not like Atletico's better defensively, but I don't think it's enough to like win a league. I don't think. I think like there's 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 holes that have opened up again defensively for them. I, I don't they want- lost Godin. They don't have that like talisman anymore as, of Rodri in the midfield. I don't know. It feels like they have plenty of other good midfielders. They do, they Arte, do. But Arte's just filled like, into that rat like gap. Yes, but he's easily. he's offensively better than Rodri, but defensively, I don't think he's. I think, he, I think he's just and like good. and like as a metronome, a, as a like a passing style. player. But they, they, the, the thing with Rodri at Atletico was they never allowed him to really do that. His entire role was like think more like Granite Shaka at Arsenal. Like what his idea was. Is to shield the defense, oh, make God. tackles, and then Why distribute, then distribute long with his like passing range. Hopefully, it wasn't like hopefully never stuff. to be seen again at Arsenal. Yeah, but I'm just explaining a role I know, in terms that you'll understand. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> and, uh, but so it's a different role than what he's doing at City. But Atletico, the, the Shao Felix injury is just like the main thing that has hurt. Yeah, them. now they got to rely on uh, on your two boys, your two well, lovable Chelsea. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Chelsea X sluts. Do you know what do you know what Diego Simeone's favorite lineup has been this season? Like in the, in the biggest of games when everyone's fit, do you know who he starts? He starts all three of Diego Costa, Alvaro Morata, and Xiao Felix and puts Xiao Felix like in between 
the two of them and lets him drift that's out wide and do FIFA everything. Lineup. I mean, it works. Yeah. That the first time he tried it also was in that game in preseason against Real Madrid. I think they won like eight two or something. Remember, they absolutely destroyed them. That was the first time he used it, and he's been like really fond of it whenever they're all healthy and uh, like not suspended. So, uh, if he's able to get like a significant run of games with that uh, attacking trio, I'm pretty confident they they can turn a lot of those draws into wins. Because that, that's the main problem. It has been the main problem at Atletico for the last three seasons, I want to say. As the old guard have been kind of phased out, like I don't, I don't, want, don't want to name names because there's too many, but think like Gabby and uh, Felipe Luis and uh, all of those old players. As they've been kind of phased out, they've been trying to buy like these more attacking, more like expansive, less defensive-minded players. But instead of like embracing the qualities of a lot of those players, like Thomas Lamar and uh, I mean, Jean Felix has been able to kind of assimilate better into the defensive style. But instead of trying to embrace some of their more like attacking qualities, it's been more of trying to fit like square pegs into round holes, and it's just led to a lot of stale offense. Where you, there's most of the time, these teams aren't going to be coming and attacking Atletico Madrid. Most of these La Liga teams are going to be fine sitting deep and allowing Atletico to have the ball. And that's a big that's a big hurdle to overcome for a team. That's probably athletic. why they have so many draws and why like the league is still so close. Um, we have Sevilla in fourth place, also on twenty four points. Uh, Julian Lopetegui is the coach. They uh, they got seven wins, three draws, three losses. They've held their own. They've just been tough. Yeah, them and uh, I think them Sociedad, um, who are on twenty three points, and Atletico Bilbao. Um, and then with outside shots, we have Valencia on 20 points. I, I don't Villarreal think, Valencia, I don't think Valencia is an outside shot. No, no, Valencia yeah. Is a very You're right. They're not outside shot. shots. But I think all of those teams are a shot for fourth. Um, I think the other three are going to be in, in kind of a league of their own. And we'll pull away sooner rather sure. than later. Who do you favor for that fourth spot from like Sevilla, Sociedad, Bilbao, Valencia, Villarreal? Because I think Villarreal are in it too because they're starting to ramp up. They've got Makambu. They've Say got, it. No, they don't have Bakambu. No, they not, sold Bakambu. It's not Bakambu. It's uh, oh, I was talking talk about the Cameroonian striker from a couple of years ago. They sold him to uh, Ikambi. Ikambi. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, who's been? Who's been why do you just go straight goals. to Santi, Javier? We know you Santi want Santi Cazorla. Yeah. Five goals, four assists, dominating the 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 Spanish old, league. Thirty five. Thirty five. What Good a boss. Him. Good for yeah. him. Uh, yeah, I'm glad that he's still doing really well for himself. Is that going to be your pick? You think? No, 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 no. They're not actually my pick. Um, my pick, I think, is going to be. I think this is going to be kind of crazy, but I think I'm going to go Atletico Bilbao. I really like uh, Inaki Williams. I'm going to from preseason. They were your like team to watch. They have been really fun and exciting. They've been scoring a lot of goals. I just think defensively that they're like too leaky. Um, Monreal, I do like him. He's been playing well there. Uh, or Zibel and uh, Odegaard. Oh, yeah, they're too, uh, Oradabal, Oradabal, and Martin we Odegaard. Time. We did this right. last time. Uh, but yeah, they uh, those two are uh, like they're a fun, exciting pair to watch. William Jose, also their striker. They they have a, a, a nice Jose. a nice front three that I don't know if it'll be enough to get them fourth place. I think they'll definitely get a Europa spot. They'll definitely finish fifth or sixth. That'd be great for them. Um, what about who do you think? I, I'm gonna Are you going to say Valencia? Sevilla. No, my oh, Sevilla. Your Sevilla. Say, okay. I picked them preseason. Uh, I, I'm not like in love with them this season, but they. I feel like they very rarely get absolutely pummeled they got, uh, in games. They, they got, held their own with Real. They have Chicharito and, Hernandez. Yeah, no, but I mean, the main, the main, got, uh, the main big signing for them was uh, Lucas Ocampos. Oh, Ocampos. Yeah, he's Ocampos. got five goals and an assist. But he's, he's kind he's of been like, their best player. His, okay. his influence on that Sevilla team is probably more comparable to like Firmino's role on uh, Liverpool, where 
he's I mean he's obviously there to get stats and be a threat and uh, and score goals and everything like that. But he's he's a hard worker at heart, and he's just uh, he makes everyone else tick in that lineup. I mean, they have some other players that they've signed this summer that haven't necessarily come off, like De Jong, who I think they got from PSV. He scored like one winner late in the, uh, in a league game, but other than that, Ocampos has been like the really big uh, boost for them, and so. Uh, whether they can keep it up, I'm actually not super confident of because I feel like we've seen plenty of like decent starts from Lopetegui as a club coach and then just complete capitulation. So I'm not going to put all my ducks in that. Uh, but that's why I think Valencia still have a pretty good shot because they're, yeah, they're not my, playing badly uh, in Champions League. Bilbao, they have the, the, they're tied with the Atletico Madrid for the best defense in the league um, like by far. So I think uh, they've only conceded eight goals in 13 games. That's kind of why I think they're going to they're gonna be in it for the long haul. And uh, I think I like that they have a good counterattacking side. I think it does well in a uh, in league format in the long term. So that's my uh, that's why I'm picking them. But yeah, we should. Uh, oh, we talked a lot about it. yeah we're, Germany we're going into right, Germany. Let's end this okay. podcast here, and then we'll launch into another section. <laughs> <laughs> Germany. Where do we start? I'll start with the facts. This is another crazy one right now, kind of. Probably crazier than Spain, I would argue, because two weeks ago. Or maybe it was mid-October, so three weeks ago. The top nine teams in Germany were separated by two points. That's from Mönchengladbach in first place on goal difference two or three weeks ago, all the way down to Bayer Leverkusen, who were in ninth at the time. Uh, it's it's since settled down. <laughs> if you can call it that, yeah. <laughs> Only in that it's an eight-point difference between first place and the top uh, and the ninth-place team, Eintracht Frankfurt. Uh, and it's settled down in that uh, first place is no longer just on goal difference like it was for many, many weeks. Mönchengladbach We've actually got a four-point gap. Yeah, Mönchengladbach are up. Uh, they're on 25 points in first place. The surprise team, uh, one of the surprise teams of the German Bundesliga they've season. Been, they've so been far. pretty good for the last like three or four years now. They haven't. They've been a Europa League. They've been a Europa League to Champions, to Champions League team. But they the haven't big been question, bad. The big. Uh, I don't know if we want to start on them because there's so much to talk about with Bayern. But I guess we, we'll talk about the first place team first. I feel like, I say yeah. that, that's fair. It's a surprising one. But it was it was kind of a, uh, a transitional season. People thought going into into this one because Dietar Hecking, their longtime uh, coach, uh, I think he retired. He's he left at the end of his contract. Basically, I think he's still open to taking jobs, but he did just leave at the end of that last contract. And instead, they brought in uh, Rosa. I think uh, he's the former coach of uh, Salzburg and helped Salzburg, uh, RB Salzburg get to the uh, Europa League semifinal and kind of installed that whole team that you see uh, in place now that uh, Jesse Marsh has uh, taken over since. And you've seen them play in the Champions League against Napoli and Liverpool. So that was Rose's team. He's now at Borussia Mönchengladbach. Uh, and he's got, I think, next to Lewandowski, uh, Nabri, and Coman, the best like strike partnership slash trio in the league in Alessandro Plea and uh, uh, Marcus Turam, who's the son of Lilian Turam, the wow, great yeah, I was just, left, I was uh, left back just looking France. him up. Uh, yeah, he, he just this guy's come out of nowhere. Five goals, five he's assists. Not come out Marcus of Turam. He's not come out of nowhere. Well, he was twenty-two. He, was, he wasn't. He, he was good in France for like the last like was two he seasons. On Guignap? Like, okay, yeah. I didn't. I didn't know he was actually good. He's, I didn't really. He, Marcus Turam is one of those guys that if if you just like look at Reddit slash soccer every day. Yeah, you would have just Playa, seen, four goals, four assists. Marcus yeah. Turan, five goals, five assists. That's what's keeping them top of the league right now. They're, they're an absolutely insane, hardworking 
counterattacking duo that both have the ability to drift out to wide areas and also just poach goals. While also having area. 24 goals in 11 games, uh, Gladbach have only conceded 11, and um, they are the second best defense in the league. Uh, Wolfsburg have only conceded 10. But yeah, that's impressive. So they've still got good, uh, you know, good team defensively. They're on form. I I don't think they've played any of the big boys. I don't think they've had uh, games against Leipzig or Bayern. No, yet. They, they. I think they, they beat Dortmund. They haven't right. played Leipzig. Uh, they haven't played Bayern yet. I forget how they did against Leipzig, but they definitely played Leipzig. Did they? Okay. Uh, I mean, it's impossible to get eleven games into the German uh, season and have not played one of these nine teams at the top of the league. I'm that, sure. Yeah, I'm and, sure. And like a few weeks ago, Schalke were up in like third. Like, and now we're and down Bayer, seventh. Bayer, Bayer are not doing very well. Right now, Leverkusen, um, they haven't been on good form. They are down in eighth place right now. I mean, they're, they're a they're, team that I thought was going to be pushing for like the title. Six points or, off the top. Yeah. After 11 games, it's not like they're not down in the doldrums. You know, it's not Spurs. Seven points. Yeah, seven points. It's but yeah, it's true. It's true. In the Premier League, you know. It's true. Um, you like that, Spurs fans? Get used to that. <laughs> the second team is uh, RB Leipzig. They've got six wins, three losses, two draw, three draws, two losses. Uh, they're the highest scoring team in the league, um, tied with Bayern Munich. They just had an 8-0 drubbing of Mets last week and um, put four past a – It was a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it was a couple weeks ago. Um, but uh, they put uh, – Mets are also they, awful. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But yeah, they, 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 this has been a team that – It's Mainz, wasn't it? Mainz. Mainz. Mainz, not Mets. Mets is in uh, France. <laughs> Right. Mines. The, the, these M teams, small M. Come on, man. You don't know your lower league table, German and nah, French teams? Not too well. I mean, there's so many of them. And they all go go up and down and switch in between leagues. But yeah, Leipzig have looked really good offensively and defensively as well. Um, and in the Champions League, they look like they've also been uh, a team that you know, they look like they're on a mission this year. They look like they're they've been embracing Nagelman's philosophy. Um, they're got playing. A they're, they're playing high. In Champions they're, League. Yeah, but they're playing. They're playing high pressing, high energy football. Um, very similar to Klopp style, and I don't know. It's it's exciting to see that he can like he 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 put that onto Hoffenheim, who have been on great form. They start off badly this season, but they've won five straight. Um, and you've got to say, like, you know, his coaching has been left on that team, his imprint on that team, and he's just starting to do that with Leipzig. And this Leipzig team are going to look – they have a lot of players who have been injured. Werner has been in and out of the team. Their center back, Konate, has been out. Pamecano has been having to play with uh, Willie Urban at the back. And, um, yeah, they've – Hausenberg has been out. Konate has been, been playing. No, he hasn't. He's been hurt. Konate has been – The whole season? Yeah. Uh, no, for the last uh, month or so, he's been hurt. Umpamakano has been playing with uh, Orban at the back, which, I mean, I'm sure for them, they're really happy they didn't sell Upamakano because that should've, would have been disastrous for them. They should have, uh, no, they could have had Ethan Ampadu, who hasn't played at all for Right. Them. They still did. I'm they so don't mad use about it. that. I just want to bring him back and let him play for us. But that's for another podcast. I, yeah. For me, Leipzig are still my pick to win the league. Um, See, I completely disagree. I, I started off the season thinking RB Leipzig, uh, Champions League's kind of a distraction for them. They should go for the league. It's wide open again, especially after how how down to the wire it came last year. But now I think they should just like, especially with the group they have, like they're probably odds on favorites. Them and Leon Zenit still have a chance. They're gonna get out of the group. I think they'll get out fine. of the group. But I feel like they, they they have a chance, especially after seeing what Ajax have done last year and to go maybe teams like Monaco. I don't know. They can man. see if they can get a yeah. They probably final. could. They probably could. Because that's how you attract new players. That's how you attract players that can actually push you over the edge. 
to winning the league and putting together a couple of years of league winning. And Nagelsmann likes selling players too, so I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure he'll. Yeah, he'll make. He'll probably sell for a bunch of profit this summer. Yeah, players that he thinks are good but don't quite fit into his plans. So. Uh, Leipzig are, I mean, they've always have been a team to keep your eye on, but keep watching out. Uh, Bayern or Dortmund? How do we want to do this? Because it can be said that so far both teams have been a little disappointing so far this season. Only recently. I mean, yeah, Bayern just sacked their manager, right? Yeah, That's... it's uh, never a good thing to sack your manager in October. Uh, but Bayern's, I guess we'll. Why don't, why don't we before... we'll, go, we'll go Bayern. Okay. We'll go Bayern. Bayern are in third. They they sacked Nico Kovac uh, after one and a little bit seasons, uh, 10 games into this current season, his second. Of those 10 league games, he had five wins, three draws, and two losses. And uh, the loss that finally was the final nail in the coffin was a 5 1 loss at Eintracht Frankfurt, who, though they are currently ninth and have some. Impressive wins of their own this season. I, I think they, they beat Bayer Leverkusen 3-0 a couple weeks ago. So um, it's not the only scalp they've taken this year, but that was just the final straw. There was a lot of uh, unrest with the players, namely with Thomas Muller, who was like very out about how uh, Kovacs' idea of football was just boring and not quite inventive enough for this crop of Bayern Munich players who, I mean... This may not be an English uh, league podcast, but Pep Guardiola, just like at Barcelona, his fingerprints are all over the. His specter looms over this club, where these players had their minds. It's like they're the first hit of acid. They had their minds blown by Pep Guardiola and what right. you can do on a football field and how precise and meaningful you can be with your passes and your movement. And then all of a sudden, they have Carlo Ancelotti just rolls some balls out and goes. Okay, we're going to practice uh, the uh, set pieces we're going now. To do the scrimmage the drill for four hours straight. Yeah, and and, and then uh, Kovacs who, and then conditioning. And then Kovacs himself, who uh, is was known at Eintracht Frankfurt when he won that German Cup against Bayern as a defensive, reactive, counterattacking manager. So uh, it, these are two very high-profile teams in Europe right now that are kind of struggling with similar like identity issues from the uh, what Pep Guardiola has left in his wake. I can only pray that the same thing happens at Manchester City without the league titles. So um, keep an eye out for that. But there's also some really high-profile injuries to talk about before we get to Lewandowski, who we can't not talk about and talk about Bayern. Yeah. But the injuries, especially at the back, have really changed the outlook of Bayern's season. Where I think a few weeks ago, after the... They've conceded the, the 16 Tottenham, goals, which no, is after, the Tottenham game, on a regular Ghost Goal pod like preview episode, we were talking about how Bayern, we think, could be like Champions League uh, favorites or yeah. contenders now. Like, uh, And then two injuries later, one to Nicholas Sewell and one to uh, uh, Lucas Hernandez. And all of a sudden, their, their back line looks a, little, looks a little bit stretched. It's like... Jerome Boateng is back in the fold. <laughs> right. And, you know, they have Pavard at the other center back. They don't have Hummels anymore. Kimmich, yeah, no Hummels off at Dortmund. They have Kimmich at right back and Alaba at left back instead of Hernandez. And it, it, it's tough. It makes uh, it makes them a bit more stretched and a couple more injuries than you think that there's a proper crisis at, at Bayern, especially with how close the league is now. So I would say we would all lean towards Bayern, getting it together, getting something... Uh, consistent together under their new coach. Yeah, I'm sure they'll get it together. I'm sure whoever comes in. Their new coach, Hansi Flick, do you know what they did? They they hired him in the summer over Nico Kovac's head and just gave him a like an analyst job, even though he was the assistant under Yogi Lowe for Germany when they won the World Cup. He's like been known to be looking for jobs. Like huh. It was known, it was like a not-so-big secret 
everywhere that, oh, they've hired Hansi Flick. Okay, that's definitely a guy in waiting for when Kovacs fucks up. So, I mean, it kind of shows you the conditions that Kovacs is trying to operate right. under. It was Byron never really going to work. Byron some fucking savages. Yeah, that, that club is all politics. Um, I mean, it, it breeds success, so I don't know how like how critical you can be of it. Pretty interesting. We've got Freiburg in fourth place. They've Javier, been a what surprise. did I say, Javier? Robert Lewandowski. You can't get off of Bayern Munich. You're right. Your You're man. right. You're right. Robert Lewandowski, Lewandowski. 16 goals in the league uh, in 11 games. A he's scored in, in every single game this, this season um, that he's played in, in every competition competition um he scored in 11 it's november 13th people yeah he that's scored that's in not all normal. of his champions league games his cup games um and his league games now that is uh yeah that's crazy i don't know if he can keep this up um if he does he'll definitely win ballon d'or uh, spoiler alert with this type of with this type of form he always falls off in the second half of the season and especially in the champions league yeah when the games start to really matter but he has looked, to say it. he has looked, uh unstoppable this year and yeah. obviously if he keeps that up Bayern are going to win the league but um leipzig also look like they can you know keep it up there with the best of them and yeah your boys have, your Dortmund boys have been a little disappointing alex only really of late. They've had a few... Uh, Looks like there's some unrest in the squad. Maybe a little bit. Maybe like... I don't know about unrest. They've had a lot of injuries. I think people know maybe Sancho's going to leave next year. A few of the other players are pushing to leave. Like Akanji's people, like Real, Barca are looking at Akanji. I, I didn't take it that Witzel, way. I, I've kind of, Witzel's I've kind of United taken it. are coming in for Witzel. You think so? They, yeah. They miss, uh, they miss a Belgian Afro. They need another Belgian Afro right. in, their, in exactly. their ranks. They need an actual talented Belgian Afro to play for them. Uh, <laughs> At what? Like 32 or 33? Witzel's like 27, Is he really? 28. Yeah. Come I, don't think, I think he's 32 or 33. He's been around forever. I don't know. He was at Benfica 10 years ago for all I know. Um, he... Uh, I was going to talk about him. He is one of an example of more players I was going to talk about is that I think they've just had like significant drop-offs in key areas where players like Akanji, who was like one of the best defenders in the world in the league, I'll say, how about that? Uh, in the German league for the past two or three seasons and a big leader for them. He's significantly dropped. Like he's half the player that he used to be in terms of his like I think it's, defensive. I output. think it's like they're they're in a similar situation to Tottenham, where like obviously not to the same extent, but it's they're the in a much easier cycle. league. But yeah, it's the end of a cycle, and a lot of the players want to leave. And it just seems counterintuitive. Kind of just always what it's happens at Dortmund, though. It's year two under. This always Favre. this always happens at Dortmund, though. Like I feel like the players like you go to Dortmund to be a stepping stone. No one goes there and says, oh, "I'm coming here to win the league anymore." Players just don't go to Dortmund to win the league anymore. I think like some players probably at Leipzig think we can win the league. I think maybe mean, last year Dortmund. Do you they, mean Dortmund? No, I think yeah. at Leipzig there's yeah. players who think they can win the league. I think at Dortmund last year there were players who thought they could win the league. Yeah, they had a 10-point lead in December. Right. I don't know if this year they do. I think maybe after what happened last year, I think a lot of the players are probably looking now to the next step in their career. I think they're thinking maybe they peaked last year and that that you know so, the other teams have improved and they've kind of stayed the same. I so, don't I don't see how much better they've really gotten. I mean, obviously, additions of Brandt and um, Hazard, Hazard, Morgan. are supposed to have improved them, but it, Schultz. But it seems like defensively they've gone backwards and offensively, well, you know, they're they're good, but they're I was not. I say that the, the two the two areas that they were really strong in last year were defensively with. Not just a kanji, but also like whether it was like Zagadu or Toprak. Now or they have Hummels back there too. And they have Hummels, who has been declining kind of steadily these last couple yeah, of years. He's but really he's meant to be like a leader there. Uh, but at the other end of the field, Paco Alcacer has been a shadow of the player that would come into games. Uh, I saw for that last, coming for the last thirty minutes last year. 
and would score two or three goals in a 20 or 30 minute like flurry. He and he was doing that consistently for the first right, half Gotts of the season. Gotts has been dog shit. Yeah, Gotts has dropped off. It's it's significant senior areas that have like dropped off in performance that have kind of led them to being a little bit dull. They, I will argue that they still look good enough in um, their, their, their Champions League campaign where they split the two games with Inter, lost 2-0 in Milan, and then uh, came back from 2-0 down at home to win 3-2. And they're currently a couple points ahead of Inter after Inter dropped uh, points to Slavia Prague at home in the first game. So, I mean, Inter could obviously still come back, but Dortmund have like the edge on them there. Uh, so... Yeah, I mean, I think I'm probably with you that the the league may be like a step too far for Dortmund this year. But if they make a deep Champions League run, those players that uh, want I, to go, I, they, they could get spoiler alert, for big. They're not. Big, I mean, they're not. Crazier things have happened. They got yeah, to the quarterfinals. I don't believe in Dortmund this three year. years ago. I don't believe in Dortmund this year. I think there's there's a lot of like a lot of talent on the team, but I think a lot of the talent's pushing to leave. So, all right, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Who gets who gets the fourth spot? I I, don't, I guess we can. Probably still put Gladbach in the Bayern, race for Bayern Munich, Leipzig. I think Dortmund, Bayern, Bayern, Leipzig. Okay, Dortmund and Gladbach are your top four. Okay, yeah. Um, I think we, we Schalke have been good this year. Um, they're definitely outside shots. Bayern have been picking it up. Who uh, Schalke's coaches? Frank Frankfurt are good. They're outside shots too. Do, do who Schalke's coaches is this year? Who Huddersfield's own David Wagner? Wow. Okay, David That's Wagner. A, Hey, who knew? Yeah, I mean, I know. I thought he, he was could a good do coach. well there. Yeah, he could absolutely do well there. So, um, yeah, that's really open right now. Uh, Freiburg are the kind of the surprise of this year, up in fourth place. I don't think they'll be able to keep this up. Uh, Niels Peterson is their uh, top scorer with six goals. And did you see what uh, last weekend they played Eintracht Frankfurt? And I think it was Abraham, the center back from Frankfurt. Yeah, pushed David Abraham. He yeah. pushed Freiburg's. Coach. Ma- manager, yeah, that was coach crazy to the ground and like concussed the yeah. guy. If you haven't seen that <laughs> like guy, it's, it's a crazy like clip. That. Haven't really ever seen anything like that in football. So yeah, that was uh, that was pretty crazy. He was like trying to grab the ball, but it was clear that the manager like moved a little bit into his way to try and slow him down. And yeah, I don't know. I've never seen anything like that. It's all entertainment in the Bundesliga. I, I just want to mention one more team before we move on. Union Berlin sitting down there in eleventh. I don't know if you had your eye on them at all. But they were probably their, picked, their first season, the relegation, and they're doing first okay. season in the top flight okay. ever in their history. Uh, they won the first ever top flight Berlin derby two weeks ago, one nil, uh, beating Hertha, who were obviously a much more established big Bundesliga club. Uh, they play a very attacking style of football. It's not a story we haven't seen before in other leagues, but it's an interesting one in Bundesliga. Like if you I'm saying if you're seeing if you see Union Berlin, don't just be dismissive of that team if they're playing against one of the heavyweights. Yeah, it might they be a fun Dortmund. team to watch. They beat Dortmund, handed Dortmund their first loss of the season to uh, three or four games into the league season. So right. uh, they they're capable of fantastic displays and fun games to watch. So that wraps it up for part 1 of Continental Catch Up November International Break Edition. Uh, we always ramble on way too much about these leagues, so we decided to split it into two parts. You can check out part two early next week uh, before the Premier League returns later in the week and we come back to preview games like Chelsea at Manchester City and uh, Manchester United at Sheffield. So keep an eye out for both of those episodes. And until next time, bye.